0: Welcome to the worldwide Broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having a blessed day today. I'm sure some of you watched the ridiculous debates, the reality debates last night, and uh, I was talking to Dad about a second ago for the show. I ended up watching the whole thing simply from a news standpoint, even though the whole thing was pretty much just bubble gum for the brain. It was uh, handled much more professionally, and I have to say Trump handled himself in a much more presidential manner than the last debate, as the last debate was an absolute debacle and embarrassment in the United States. And his dad said hey, the bar was set so low by the last debate, pretty much anything, anything had to be better than the last one, and it was. But, of course, they wouldn't ask uh, Biden any questions about what's been going on with Ukraine. Trump brought it up repeatedly, brought it up. And uh Biden wouldn't answer, it, refused the answer. Said that's that's Russian fake news. Literally, that's what he says, Russian fake news. And Trump started laughing at him. And of course, the moderators, who actually handled herself very well, uh she wouldn't ask Biden anything about what was going on with Ukraine. She actually tried to defer away from it multiple Times. And, uh, it was interesting. The thing that I found the most interesting part about this, though, because I kind of watched it from a psychological standpoint. And of course, they had the big vaccine push. Trump pushed the vaccines that are coming out. And, uh, Biden pushed the mask. So you had a lot of the real subtle psychological, you know, nuances that they wanted to push on everybody. But what I noticed is the, 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 the debate went for about an hour and 40 minutes, right? And for about the first 45 to 50 minutes, Biden was on his typical political game. He was actually fairly sharp. And what's interesting, about our hour and 10 mark, I don't know whether or not they have him on amphetamines or Adderall or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. I can't prove any of that. I'm just literally saying I don't know. But what's interesting is at about the hour mark, you could tell he started to come down real hard on whatever he was taking. He started to get much groggier. His responses were... Borderline incoherent towards the end. They didn't make a lot of sense. He wasn't putting stuff together real well. He was starting to act like normal Joe again, uh, stuttering real bad, couldn't come up with words. Uh, his responses were not sharp. Where an hour before at the beginning of the debate, you know he was he was pretty on point again. You know, being the typical politician. You know, still the same canned bubblegum answers, but he was sharp with it until it got towards the end, and you could tell. I said, whatever was wearing off, the half-life or whatever, amphetamines or caffeine or whatever they were giving him, started to wear off real fast, and you could tell a very, very fast degradation of his mental capacity, which is sad to me that the man can't go an hour and a half without obviously starting to come down off something they would have pushed it to two hours he probably would have turned into a bumbling buffoon again like he did in his basement interviews uh, Trump was still real sharp real sarcastic as always but that was the biggest thing that I could tell about this they obviously have something with Joe as far as what he's taking either a med or something but I just want to kind of bring that up because I thought that was probably one of the most intriguing parts of the debate at least in my opinion
1: Deb. Well, I guess he hadn't gotten his supply of meth from Hunter in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was, that was just a joke. Joke. Uh, the, the crazy part about it is obviously they've got him on something, in my opinion. And, I mean, most people have the same opinion because the guy, he can't put two sentences together unless he's on something. And it's sad because, I mean, this is the best we have. And quite frankly, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about the, the debate last night. I mean, Pierce Morgan, which you know, I don't really think he's got a great opinion about much of anything. He said last night's tamed and muzzled Trump exposed nice guy Biden's flaws in a way that the ranting, deluded Trump failed to do, and just may yet save the Trump presidency. Now, that's what that's what, <laughs> that's what Pierce Morgan said. And, and you know, the thing about the whole thing is this. You know, we are getting more and more and more texts and emails, and Joe's business partner and Hunter's business partner and everything else are coming out now, and they're now Hunter's business partner is going to turn information over to the FBI to prove everything is true, and you know it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, wh- wh- the, the, the business partner says I met Joe Biden for an hour to talk about his family business in China and have three phones to prove what he knew. Claims Hunter's former business partner just before the presidential debate, and Democrat denies foreign dealings. Then I had someone else tell me yesterday that there's a possibility that basically Biden may step down and put Hillary in the place right before the election. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That seems like a pretty good, pretty good stretch of, you know, uh, whatever. But these guys are going to have to keep... You know Biden doped up before they prop him in front of a camera. I mean, the guy's on his last leg. He really is. He's his brain's gone. You know, he's probably got some kind of who knows, senile dementia or who knows whatever else. But the problem is, is that you know here we are, the American population again is being completely and totally misled again. So none of this stuff makes a whole lot of sense to me, except unless you explain it from a spiritual standpoint with the Kabbalists and the Luciferians and all the rest of these guys who are running the planet. Now, another thing has happened, too. Uh, apparently, some of the Q people have been saying that the Q voice has been silenced, and they're not hearing as many reports as they did from Q. Now, this may have already been fixed. It may not have been fixed. I don't know. I don't follow Q. But they're saying that his updates have been bleak and, and you in know, the last month or so and that he's known to vanish for several weeks at the time since his post began in 2017. However, this time, they're cited maybe more significant because it was caused directly by 8chan closing down. The host has dropped the board after several of its regular contributors were involved in horrific crimes. And Brendan Tarrant the mosque shooter in New Zealand, and others in the United States of America all used 8chan. However, 8 8- has, as Q has not returned to their old stomping ground Now whether any of this is true or not There's a whole bunch of stuff being posted Of course that, Trump, that Q is a, is a is a fake website now, A fake blogger And of course the Citigroup employee Back in August 1st of September Who was busted and revealed as a Q website operator Is placed on leave And his name is Jason Galenis He was reportedly receiving 3000 a month in crowdfunding To run the Conspiracy theory website Well I'll take it a step further than that I personally believe he was on Citibank, which is a Rothschild organization's bank. He was one of the founding members of the City, you know, Federal Reserve Bank group. They basically, you know, were funding him, and now they they they've shut him down for various reasons because he got exposed. Another one from the Burning Platform says the popular QAnon website shuts down after Citigroup employee and Webbox master is doxed and stalked. So, you know, guys. The thing with Q, if you want to believe in that stuff, you know, knock yourself out. I think it's nonsense. I think it's been nonsense from the very beginning. I think we've been played with that whole thing to try to keep the patriots calm down, to keep the Christian churches calm down, to keep, to keep the people out there that have basically been trump supporters all along calm down that trump's got this big plan and that you know we need to follow the plan and follow the trump And it's been stupid like the pied piper leading everybody to hell that's what that thing's been to me so i'm really happy if the q thing has been shut down at least to some level and people start waking up and realizing that we have to hold our elected officials accountable now, i'm not saying that the q website didn't put out some truth i'm not saying that but i'm here to tell you this and i've told you this before there are many alternative news sites out there that I could name right now, and you guys would know who I'm talking about, who put out about 80 to 90% truth, and the rest of it's just nonsense. It's still, and, the, and the problem is the nonsense is the part that leads people astray. So be really careful with that kind of stuff because. It's getting kind of weird out there. Not getting has been kind of weird. Oh, by the way, Santa Claus won't be coming to Macy's Herald Square this year. You know, surprise, surprise. I don't really. I'm not a big Santa Claus supporter. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. You know, to me, Christmas is all about Jesus. And uh, it, but the Santa Claus was basically cr- created via the, you know, what is the Kris Kringle and you know all the stuff in the old ancient Santa Claus and all the things that brought presents. <laughs> the, the, the Macy's thing and the Santa Claus that we see in our country is basically a marketing ploy to sell more Christmas decorations and to pretty much, to be honest with you guys, take Jesus out of Christmas. And so we never told our children there was a Santa Claus. We always told our children that the reason we celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Just to change the topic again, Miss McDonald now is all bruised up and people are wondering what happened to him. He's got bruises all over his hands, on his face, on his lips. It could be a sign of blood thinners. It could be a sign of medication side effects. He doesn't have any swelling around. His eyes are on his face, and he doesn't have any, you know, areas that have been cut as far as on his face. So it doesn't look like he's been beat, though his hands are pretty much in a mess. But if you guys remember, years ago, when we had the last presidential debate and all the last presidential, you know, running mates and all the other stuff, You know, Bernie Sanders showed up one day with a big cut on the side of his face like somebody had beat him half to death, you know, put a big pop to him. So, you know, are these people being threatened? Are they being told what to do? That's probably a big affirmative, but it doesn't look like Mitch McConnell is in that particular category right now. Austin, what do you think? And what's your next story, bud?
0: Well, that's, yeah, I think there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes with these shady swamp creatures. There's no telling anymore. Also, too, Sadly to say for Ireland now, Ireland has now gone into full-blown lockdown mode again for an additional six weeks is what they're saying. This is nuts. They're saying Ireland residents must stay within three miles of their home all the way through November. The The restrictions are the toughest among even Europe. They're saying now that they're shutting down all non-essential shops. They're limiting restaurants to takeout service and ordering people to stay within three miles of their home for the next six weeks. And what's weird about this, this is what's strange, is, you know, it almost appears that obviously now Ireland's gotten dragged into this with Wales, is that Australia, member has been doing the same thing with this. You know, you got Victoria and you got Melbourne area down there that they just full-blown lockdown, finding people if they're a couple miles away from their home, telling people that you know in certain areas they can't serve them. You have to check their ID if they're from Melbourne. You can't serve them. You have to refuse them service. I mean, just insane stuff, you know. And they, they've had like seven, eight hundred deaths total in Australia the entire year due to alleged COVID. The numbers don't add up with anything that we're seeing right now. And that's what's so bizarre about this, that there's so many people that are still capitulating with this. For example, you know, Florida has pretty much been fully reopened now. There's football games There's all kinds of stuff going on now. We haven't had some massive spike. They're saying, oh, we've got, we've got all these new cases again. We've had 700,000 cases in Florida. That's because they continually run cumulative it's not going to stop. Florida will have 10 or 15 million cases probably in the next two to three years. It's, that's what happens when you take cumulative numbers. And they're just adding on top of on top of on top. They've said now I think we've had think 15,000 deaths cumulative in Florida. Now, in, you know, since the, the COVID started, what the funny thing about it is, is that nobody wants to address that Florida on average has between one hundred and eighty to 200,000 deaths every single year. Just random stuff. People get old, they die, people drown, snake bites, gator attacks, car accidents, things fall on them, lots of different things happen. It's Florida. So what's ironic now is that The media has kind of had to push away from Florida because we've now been fully reopened for an entire month, and we haven't seen some massive surge and more people getting sick and more cases, even though the cases don't mean crap. That's what I tried to tell people the other day. Somebody was kind of like getting an argument. I said, do you understand? I said, like, we have 3,000 new cases every day. I said, the cases do not mean anything more than a warm bucket of spit. Running around with this PCR test that we already know is grossly faulty. Numerous scientists have already said that and admitted that it does not detect actual COVID. And even if it does detect something, there's no guarantee it is COVID or some other type of viral or even the flu- There's There's no guarantee to anything of it. So coming out with these cumulative numbers of we have this many cases every day. There's a meme the other day, and it was funny because it had these two guys both wearing masks, and they said, let's see how many COVID cases we had today. And then the thing below it was the Powerball where the little balls bounce up, you know, and they do that for the lottery. And you have, you know, 22, 16, like bingo. It's basically what they're doing. Every day it's like, how many new cases do we have? I don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's just let's come up with a number. Let's just say 3,000 now. Oh, no, let's make it 4,000. a day. It doesn't really matter because it doesn't mean anything. The people that are continuing to stay healthy now are going to continue to stay healthy as long as they take care of themselves and they keep their vitamin D and their vitamin C levels strong. People that have already gotten this stuff are pretty much going to be immune to it. Probably forever for the most part, unless it mutates again. The CDC already came out and said that, what, two months ago. They said, we have not found that the reoccurrence rate, or basically contracting COVID over again, is even possible right now once you've already had it. It's probably going to be at least a year immunity to it naturally. So if that's the case, why do we have to shove this vaccine on everybody? Now we're starting to see even more troubling now. If you guys saw this, Pfizer now has announced they have started production of the COVID-19 vaccine in anticipation of the emergency use authorization approval. Remember I told you guys, I said, it doesn't matter how dark this vaccine is. It doesn't matter how deadly it is. It doesn't matter how many times they have adverse conditions, serious adverse conditions. It doesn't matter. It's going to get approval. They already know that. They're not using it and building all these vaccines for their own health. They said thousands of vaccines have already rolled off the line per Pfizer's manufacturing plan. According to the report by the Times of Israel... Pfizer has said it hopes to have 100 million doses of the COVID vaccine available by December and a massive 1.3 billion available in 2021, and each recipient will need at least two doses. Under the initiative, the government will speed development and buy vaccines before they are deemed safe and effective so that the medication can be in hand and quickly distributed once the FDA approves the use after clinical trials. That was, again, from the Times of Israel. The Pfizer announcement last week means the United States already has two vaccines essentially ready by the end of the year with Massachusetts biotech firm Moderna aiming for November 25th as well. Understand, guys, and I mean this sincerely, understand what's going to happen with this vaccine. They're going to try to force it upon everybody and make it mandatory through punishments, through sanctions, so to speak. They're not going to come in and say, guess what, guys? We're going to kick in your front door with a SWAT team. We're going to stick you in the arm this vaccine. They're not going to do that. The amount of blowback and the amount of violence that would ensue and the amount of infrastructure loss, including 5G and everything else, would be so catastrophic it would completely debilitate everything these globalists have built for the last 20 years now. Understand that. They're going to try to do it through sanctions. They're going to try to do it also through massive social media psychological operations. This is why now YouTube has already said they're going to be banning any and all ads and news, basically news videos that come on YouTube that discuss anything negative about vaccines because, you know, it could be harmful to tell people the truth, so to speak. And while we have Pfizer completely rolling out vaccines already that are not even approved, FedEx now has now released that they have a full ready plan to assist the government in a contract for the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines to consumers. The world's largest shipping company has over 5,000 facilities, 80,000 vehicles, 670 aircraft, and half a million team members around the globe ready with new technology in place. Announced the end of last month, FedEx has begun using SenseAware ID, which will use Bluetooth low energy to transmit a location every few seconds. The device will provide more precise location tracking. Further, the SenseAware ID will be used with a predictive analytics, which will give the shipping giant even more ability to move the potential vaccine quickly. I'm gonna take a step back there for a second. I want you guys to understand what I just said there they're using what is called Sense Aware ID, which is Bluetooth for location transmission every few seconds and also using predictive analytics to allow them to have more efficiency. Now, this is allegedly being used with the vaccine transfer shipments. How long before we start seeing FedEx start rolling this out in all types of other aspects of shipping? They're now saying that they're using Bluetooth technology to not only monitor and track, but also do predictive programming and predictive analytics. They're doing this with the vaccine. The reason being is they're going to see how effective these vaccines, how quickly they can get them out, how fast they're given out, and how quickly the populace takes them. Because you have to remember, we just went through a census, okay? The U.S. Fed and all these pharmaceutical companies via the census, which is public knowledge, is pretty much going to have access and knowledge to every single person as far as the amount in each city. So if the city has 6,000 people and it's got X amount of adults, X amount of children, break that up, they're going to know that. We just did an active census, meaning they're going to know how many vaccines they need to ship to each city and town. When they have X amount of vaccines left over, it's going to be very easy to figure out who's taking them and who's not taking them, what cities are being defined and what cities are not, what towns are actively taking these vaccines with no pushback, and what towns are actively saying, no, you can shove those vaccines right in the ground because I'm not going to take them. On top of that, they've already said now that the COVID pass, the common pass that they rolled out in Heathrow on Wednesday, this week, is now working flawlessly, and they want to have this roll out globally as soon as possible. That is going to be the next phase once the vaccine is administered they're going to say listen if you want to fly you don't have to wear a mask you don't need to wear a mask that's fine you don't have to do any type of security aspects you can just go right through tsa like normal we'll patch you down you can go through your x-ray scan or whatever you want all you got to do is get the vaccine uploaded on your kobe pass you have your qr code Way on, bam thank you ma'am get on the plane you're good to go you don't have to worry about anything now that's how they're going to first phase this out. I'm, 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 you can put money on this. Once they have that in place and they have the first line of sheep that have the vaccine, then they're going to go after the more slightly hesitant people by starting to do further sanctions, more mass restrictions, more business lockdowns for people that don't comply. Once that second set of sheep is in place, then you're going to have the holdouts. You're going to have me and dad. You're going to have our listeners. You're going to have the people that are not going to be injected with an incredibly toxic RNA vaccine that uses aborted fetal tissue in the production of it is going to say absolutely no. That is our line in the sand. At that point, you're going to start having the significant sanctions. You're going to start having the, oh, sorry, you can't renew your driver's license. Oh, sorry, you can't renew your vehicle registration. Oh, we're sorry, your 4477 form has basically been declined on your background check because you may be a health threat right now, so you can't buy a firearm. Oh, we're sorry, we can't let you come into Publix because you don't have a QR scan that shows you've had your vaccine, I'm sorry we're not going to be able to allow anybody in here right now due to everybody's safety until you get that vaccine QR scan that's going to be the final phase of it, the problem is everybody needs to understand The first phase of resistance is going to be a whole heck of a lot easier than getting into that third phase. So I encourage everybody, do not capitulate to this vaccine. I don't care how hard somebody asks you to do it, how well they try to sell you, how much they try to manipulate you, or how much they try to coerce you or bribe you. Do not take this vaccine. Not only do we have no idea what it's actually going to do long-term, we already know from numerous doctors in detail what the RNA vaccine does to the body. We already know that, how it actually changes it. And they're now saying that the the um, the patented form of this RNA vaccine is going to allow these pharmaceutical companies to actually have a patent on part of you that's, that's a fact now. We've already seen Bill Gates push that. Numerous other people push that. They don't want to tell you that, but that's what they're working on. We already have AstraZeneca. You already had Johnson & Johnson, another company, completely paused because they had such horrible, horrible side effects. AstraZeneca basically had somebody with such severe adverse condition, they were going full-blown paralyzed. There's a, a um, myelin sheath disorder of the spinal column. You actually go completely and totally paralyzed to the point you are bedridden, cannot even control your bowels you're basically on a respirator that's how bad it's gotten with some of the people that have had adverse health conditions. and Now we have somebody die on their trial with AstraZeneca. They're saying it was the placebo shot. I'll buy that for a second. I, you can't believe these guys because the fact that they're already telling you now that Pfizer's mass-producing the vaccine, they're already rolling it out, which means they already got it in vials. If they told you they have rolled out thousands of vaccines already on the manufacturing plant, that means they have millions of vaccines already out in the vaccination plant. They're done. They're already rolled out. They're ready to go in the refrigerator. As soon as they get the green light, which will be probably within the next couple weeks, they're going to have these things at every single location they can physically get them to. So, again, I repeat myself. Stand your ground on this topic. This is not something, A, you even need a vaccine for whatsoever. Vitamin C and D3 has shown to be almost 100% effective in high dosages for recovery and prevention of COVID. You can look at all the research articles I have on our website, numerous articles in detail going into vitamin D3 and vitamin C, and while it's so important right now to make sure you keep your body healthy. So, I can't be any more clear than that right now, Dad. They are obviously getting ready to push this. And I told you yesterday, Trump did a huge, huge vaccine propaganda push on the debates last night. It's basically hailing it. as That was his major plan to fight COVID was the vaccine and Operation Warp Speed that will be out very, very soon. So I promise you. After the propaganda I saw last night, we're only a few short weeks away. By either the election or right after the election, we're going to see a vaccine get approved by the FDA, in my opinion, Deb.
1: You know, we're close, Austin. I mean, well, first of all, if you guys remember, we reported this. In fact, we were the only show that I remember back in February that reported this. Israel says they already had a vaccine back in February. Now, you think through this for a second. You know, Israel's is Rothschild's fiefdom. You know, and Israel basically is controlled via the central banks through Rothschild, and they want to be the center of the world as far as the Israeli Supreme Court. It's all part of the greater Israel plan. It's all part of the Zionist agenda for global domination. Now you can say, well, I can't believe you just said that. Well, just just do your own research. Jeez, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure this one out. The problem is, is that now they're telling us that we're having trial participants die from the placebo. Now, let me explain something to you what that means. Normally, what they would do on a placebo, on a test like this, they would take saline, like a saline solution, which is harmless, and inject it into the person telling them that it was the vaccine. And then the person, the other subject, would get the real vaccine. And then they would test to determine if there was a reaction in the person who got the real vaccine. Well, they don't do that anymore. They smartened up. What they do now with these placebo vaccine shots is they put all kinds of crap in them aluminum mercury lead whatever they want yep. to put in them they put in them okay and what happens that means they have a violent reaction to the placebo shot including death right well now if you do a if you do an a, a, an analysis if you do a they, it's, it's called a they, they do a regression analysis all kinds of other stuff when they do testing when it comes to statistical analysis and what they do they find out that hey wait you know we had x amount of people react to the placebo x amount of people react to the vaccine so it's safe that's what they do so if you have 10 people react to the placebo and 10 people react to the vaccine they say oh there's no there's no there's no statistics here there's no deviation from the norm we have a safe vaccine when the truth is anybody with any kind of issues with their health or whatever would react to the placebo and so that way they, they skew the numbers and skew the statistics. It's all a lie. So now when they come out and say, oh, he died from just a placebo. Well, yeah, sure, he probably died from the placebo. Like a whole bunch of other people are going to die from the stuff that's in the placebo, which is also in the vaccine. So here's, that's, that's, that's what they've done now for the last 20 or 30 years, as billions and billions of dollars have gone into our university systems from foreign countries to do research. And they tell the university what they want the research to say before... They give them the money. And if the research doesn't come out the way they want it to come out, they just don't give them any more money. And these guys at the research level, they realize very quickly if they want their labs funded, if they want to have all of the stuff you know, in the laboratory they need for continued research, if they want to have high salaries, they've got to perform and do what they're told to do as far as getting things approved. This is why 50% of the drugs approved in the United States within five years either have their warning labels changed or they're pulled back off the market. Yesterday I spoke to a man 78 years old at a tractor place and he'd had a stroke about a year ago and I hadn't seen him in about a year and a half and he was off to work for six months and now he's back in and he gave me his list of prescription drugs. I mean, it was a list. I mean, it was like like 12, 15 different prescription drugs. And of course he had like multiple types of statin drugs. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, sir, I said, are they giving you coenzyme Q10 as a supplement? Uh, what is that? And I explained to him. I said, you know, your heart has to maintain a certain amount of, they call it turbidity in, in biology. In other words, it has to be, it's like a, like a muscle has to be hard. So it'll work, so it'll pump like it's so it's really, so it's strong. And if the muscle gets, so it's flaccid, which means it gets real weak and real soft, you end up with congestive heart failure. Well, the thing that helps prevent that is coenzyme Q10 and the heart makes its own coQ10 unless you give it statin drugs you give it statin drugs it stops making coenzyme Q10 and the heart gets flaccid or soft and you end up with congestive heart failure and I said did anybody tell you this and he goes well no no one told me anything about that I said well there's the rub I said any medical professional doctor cardiologist anybody now who does not put a person on coenzyme Q10 if he puts them on statin drugs to me is negligent Because the research has been around now for so long about CoQ10 that there is no excuse not to know this. And he goes, well, I didn't know that. He goes, well, that's why I gave him the Health Master's website and told him, you know, go to the Health Master's website, get some CoQ10 CoQ10, because there's good brands and there's bad brands of it. So this is where we are now in medical research. The Rockefeller-Rothschild Industrial Complex, which stopped funding homeopathy, and all of the things that they said were quackery, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago when they brought in chemical when Rockefeller figured out he could take make medicine out of his petroleum products, he was absolutely bent, him and the Rothschild boys, because they were all tied together, to get rid of natural treatment protocols and only use drugs. That's why you don't hear anybody at all, except for upon a rare occasion, discuss the use of vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc. I can guarantee you that Donald Trump did not talk about intravenous vitamin C last night or taking 10,000 IUs of D3 or any, I guarantee you he didn't I didn't listen to the debate because I don't have any TV service where I am right now but the point is I guarantee you he didn't do it because they don't want that narrative out there it was vaccine, 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 vaccine so if you think Donald Trump has your best interest at heart uh, I don't know what to say because it's simply not true by the way, Pope Francis now is being slammed by his own cardinal's uh, because of what he said. In like fact, U.S. Cardinal Raymond Burke hits out at Pope Francis for sowing confusion among Catholics by endorsing same-sex unions and said the Pontiff's private opinion does not correspond to the teachings of the Church. And here's the rub. Here's the rub with the Catholics. They believe that the Pope is the Vicar of Christ, which means he's God's emissary, God's voice on earth. That's what they believe. The real hardcore Catholics and so when they got with that, when a bishop comes out and a cardinal comes out and says hey we don't agree with what he's saying it's his opinion all of a sudden it causes a major major rub in the Catholic Church so guys you know if you're a Catholic and you love Jesus and you're born again you accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior and you got this Pope thing going on you got to ask yourself a question how far do you want to be in this how deep do you need to get in it I mean how much of this do you want to continue to support with the clergy raping these little boys all the time I mean you know, honestly, guys, I was a Lutheran for years and years. Then I fell away okay, and basically you know, quit going to church. And then I was born again when I was 22, 23 years old. And I had no interest in going back into the Lutheran church because of the, how should I say, the amount of bureaucracy involved in it. Just no interest in it. And so I can tell you stories about it. But I'm not going to. The point is this. If you're not being fed from a spiritual standpoint as a church you're currently attending, and you're not growing as a Christian and learning things that you need to know and understand, why are you there and why are you giving them money? I'm just making, I'm being very blunt right now. Think through what you're doing with these guys. By the way, the Sackler family now, Purdue Pharmaceuticals, has been fined $8 billion because of their pushing and pushing and pushing OxyContin to the masses. Uh, they're finally pleading guilty. I mean, they've had actually pled guilty to criminal charges Good. for opioid sales. Now, remember, Al, this doesn't mean any of them are going to prison. That ain't going to happen. They're gonna, they've got enough layers of management in between them. They'll say they didn't know about it. The Justice Department announced an $8 billion settlement with, with Purdue. Members of the Sackler family will pay $225 million in civil penalties, penalties but criminal penalties continue. Now, they'll never see a criminal penalty, not the family. The maker of OxyContin has agreed to plead guilty to criminal charges related to its marketing of the addictive painkiller. faces penalties of roughly $8.3 billion. They made it a total equivalent of about $12 billion on the sale of the product. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. That's a complete and total wrong number. This is what they're telling us, and here's why. A lot of the heroin that's being used, a lot of the opioid that's being produced, a lot of the poppy fields right now are being used to generate opiates that are being sent to India, and these are being produced as OxyContin and other types of pills and are being sold on the black market in the United States for a much higher price than you would have to pay from a pharmaceutical-grade product at a pharmacy. Now, they're just the same product most of the time, but they're being sold like this on the street, and they're pushing up that heroin problem to $1.5 trillion a year, a year. Okay? So we have hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars being made on the sale of OxyContin on the street globally. And these clowns are coming out and saying, well, we'll pay the $8 billion. What a bunch of lowlife. They've created this huge, huge, huge market now for Oxycontin. I mean even Rush Limbaugh was addicted to Rush to, to to basically Oxycontin. And so we need to understand that this is a major problem we have in the entire planet. So let's look up the Sackler family. Let's just take a little look at them. And you know, this is an American family, okay, if you want to call them American, many of whom are known for founding and owning the pharmaceutical company Purdue. Now, here's what's interesting. They didn't start Purdue. They bought up another, country, another company years and years and years ago. The Sackler family are descendants of Isaac Sackler and his wife Sophie, Jewish immigrants to the United States from Ukraine or Russia. Now, you think about this for one second. Why in the world are all of these guys coming out of Russia and are Jewish? We've talked about this dozens of times on the show now. But these guys are really bad news, And I'm not saying that all Russian Jews are bad that have come to the United States. I'm not saying that at all. It's almost as if they're part of a bloodline that's being promoted at the highest levels to receive huge amounts of money and promotion in this global scheme of things that we have going on. In 1996, Purdue Pharma introduced OxyContin, a version of Oxycodone reformulated in a slow-release form heavily promoted oxycodone is seen as a key drug in the emergence of the opioid epidemic. So we now have approximately 50 to 60 million people in the United States hooked on these types of drugs all because of the Sackler family. And that's sad to me that this is what's going on in the United States and now they're paying their little $8 billion. Now don't get me wrong, $8 billion is a lot of money but it pales into comparison into the trillions of dollars that are being generated every single year from the opioid sales globally. So this family is, again, just complete and total trash as far as I'm concerned. And it's sad to me that so many people have got themselves addicted to this. Now, I'm going to be very, very blunt here. If you've had an accident and they put you on painkillers and they put you on OxyContin, you watch that stuff. I'm telling you, don't take it for more than a couple of days, you know, because that stuff will get you addicted very, 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 very quickly. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story?
0: Uh, no, you're right. I mean, when I was in college, I've told her about this before, I had a research study that I did, and I worked at a methadone clinic for a semester. And, you know, there were tons of people there. The methadone basically is actually very, very toxic, by the way. We have found out later on that it is not a good alternative to come off of opiates. It would actually be even more addictive in some cases. But back then, it was the best option they thought for everybody to basically help wean them off prescription pharmaceutical opioids and also heroin. And so what's interesting is that a lot of people get hooked on it. It's not abnormal. So, I mean, if that has happened to you and you need help, feel, I mean, don't don't feel ashamed. Get help for it because it's very, very addictive, and a lot of people have an issue with it. Like Dad said, if you have a surgery or you have something and they give you that stuff, they give you Dilaudin or morphine or OxyContin or something, use it sparingly. And if you have to, give it to your wife or family member and say, hey, Hide this or keep it away from me until I actually need it for something. You know, if I really, really need it, control the use of it. I'm being serious. I know a lot of people that have done that say, hey, listen, you know, I'm not sure about this stuff. If I need it, I really need it, but do not keep it around because when people get hooked on that stuff, it's rough to get off of. And that's exactly right. I mean, I got reports of this years ago because you've got to remember, majority of the pills like Percocet, Oxycontin, you know, Delon and so forth, they're not made in the United States. They're not pressed here. They're made in India. Like he said, India is one of the main countries that produces a lot of this stuff. And so what we found years ago through research and a lot of contacts we made is that India doesn't care about Schedule 2 controlled substances in the United States. India hardly has any const- restrictions on pharmaceutical drugs. They're one of the largest underground black labs, as far as that term, underground lab, basically means labs that are used for fronts for other things, and then they have labs that they also make products that are off the books. So you think about it. If India is contracted out to make, you know, a million Oxycontin pills for for these guys, basically, for this manufacturer that is getting busted now. Well, there doesn't, there's no restrictions on them going in and saying, okay, hey listen guys, we have another five metric tons of opium coming in from Afghanistan right now. Go ahead and spool up another half a million OxyContin are off-brand generic label pills because we got to do something with all this opium we have coming in, and that's exactly what they did. That's why even when the pharmaceutical companies got slapped on the wrist and the doctors got slapped on the wrist and they don't want to write prescriptions out, we still have a huge opioid epidemic in the United States. People just don't want to talk about it. The same thing with heroin. and what It was designed to do, and I've I, I talked to multiple people in law enforcement that were awake, and they said what we saw happen was the pills that flooded in and started being given out to everybody, especially like these with OxyContin, got people hooked on the opiates. And then what happened was when they started contracting all those pills back out of the market, people started going to stronger substances like the black market pills and on the street. Well, then and those got too expensive because, you know, a OxyContin 80 milligram, you know, $100, $150 street value for one pill Now you could go to very, very cheap heroin because heroin has flooded the United States market out of Afghanistan to the point now, and we saw this in Orlando recently, that the heroin's coming in and it's so raw and it's so pure and there's so much coming in, there's such a glut of it, a lot of these dope dealers don't even have to cut it with anything. They just sell it raw because it's so strong and so so cheap now, they don't even have to cut it to try to make money on it. They just sell it raw. The problem is when people have been using this stuff and all of a sudden you're used to using some cheap heroin or cut heroin, now all of a sudden you got some straight raw Afghan heroin that comes in and you think you're going to shoot this much in, you OD. Hence why we see the massive amounts of ODs in the United States and especially down here in Florida. This is a problem that has to be addressed, and you have to help people out with it as far as if they have an issue the best you can. But you can't enable them, like Dad and I have talked about before. If somebody's got a drug problem like this, you can't continually keep giving them money and more money and more money. you got to try to give them rehab help, but also, too, on the other hand as well. And we've seen, and I have been a huge proponent of prison reform in the aspect, it doesn't help to throw people in prison. If somebody's got a heroin addiction, they're buying heroin, busting them by the DEA and throwing them in jail because they got possession of pot and heroin for 10 years, doesn't really help anything whatsoever in society. All it does is massively enrich the prison industrial complex, and that was the entire goal of the war on drugs, and what Reagan started back in the 80s was designed to have something that was an unwinnable war. It was designed to create this illusion that we were supposedly fighting this war on drugs when really in reality all we were doing was fighting a war on our american populace and our prison rate and our prison population skyrocketed from the 80s going up and it was funny at the exact time the cia and other various groups were helping facilitate the massive influx of drugs coming into the united states you can see this in detail in the movie American Made and various other movies. Barry Seal. there's a ton of these guys that were involved. It wasn't just one individual. These guys were well-spread all across the United States and helping to bring in the coke and the heroin and the weed and everything in the United States. And then when they would come here, it would be distributed. They'd make vast amounts of money on it and then turn around and arrest the very people that bought it and sold it. So you have to understand, this hasn't worked. It's not going to work. It's been a complete and total facade. And there's something that would definitely has to be addressed, and so I, the problem is this is the reason why Congress and so forth won't fix CBD laws. CBD has been one of the most effective. products that we've seen for inflammation and PTSD. We still, you know, basically have some in stock. We've got another small batch in, and we have a lot of customers that call them up. It's very, very good based off organic hemp. One of the best ones I've ever used. That's why we started carrying it. And the reason why, though, Congress will not decriminalize cannabis to allow CBD sales to actually flourish is because the pharmaceutical companies lobby billions of dollars to make sure this stuff doesn't hit the market. We've seen repeatedly people be able to use high doses of CBD oil and in some cases, THC and cannabis oil to actually come off opiates. Now, which one do you think it's healthier to be on? Organic hemp oil or Oxycontin? doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how much easier and healthier it is to be on CBD oil than it is to be on a pharmaceutical opioid or heroin. <laughs> so this is what we have to realize. That's why I fought for the last couple of years, because I've been a huge proponent of decriminalizing hemp and all these CBD products. But the problem is Congress will not ever do it, in my opinion, and the DEA will never allow cannabis to come off a Scheduled 1 controlled substance because there's way more money in the prison industrial complex way more money in bond sales and way more money and black market drug sales than will ever equate as far also too, in pharmaceutical sales than they will ever be able to equate taxing cbd and hemp here and there like they've tried to do in some states that have legalized it and recreationalized it because there's way more money on the back end of all these other aspects that's why they've made it so difficult that's why with the cbd we have to We sell it over the phone. That's what we do. We sell it here in Florida because it's legal here in Florida still, but then there's still this gray area with it. So, again, I encourage everybody, if you have an issue, if you know a family member has an issue, try to help them out as the best you can. Don't enable them and make the problem worse, but also try to help them get through it if they do have an issue and they do want to change because it is a problem we have in this country and we have to address
1: it, and the war on drugs has never addressed it properly Dad you know well you have to, you got to go back to the chinese opium wars you got to go back to the 1800s yeah. where the chinese basically were addicted by the rothschild banking cartel to opiates and this is what they did and they realized how effective it was at basically taking a country and making them really docile you put a person on heroin they get really docile really fast they don't get all hyped up like they do on meth they get just like to want to go take a nap and relax you know and i i'm going to say this and this is i don't you know cover this a lot but every once in a while i'll bring this up Sharon's half-brother died of a heroin overdose about six years ago, and he'd been a heroin user for years and years and years and years and years. And his father had ca- her father called me up about him, and I told him that he was on drugs, and he didn't believe me. I told him he was on drugs back when he was a teenager, and he didn't believe me. And then when he was in his early 20s, I told him he was on drugs, and he still didn't believe me. Finally, I told him to go get him blood tested in his early 20s, and he wouldn't do it because, of course, the young man said, I'm not on drugs, and his father believed him. Then, a few years later, you know, this young guy was like 30 years old, and his father had to go into the hospital with prostate surgery, and this young guy didn't even come to visit him when he had the surgery, showed up later because he had wrecked his car on the way to the hospital because he was completely stoned and drunk at the same time. And his father believed him, and when he said, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my entire life. I had a drink because one of my friends died, and I got so upset I went and drank, and now I had this car, and I wrecked it. It was his father's car. It was the lease car. So what ends up happening is, gosh, I hate talking about this junk. What ends up happening is this. There are people out there, and they start lying when they're young. Now, guys, this, this is going to get kind of personal with my family here, so just don't. Don't fuss at me, and they start lying, and they find out they don't get as much blowback when they lie, especially if they're little. And they start saying things and stretching the truth, and they start, you know, exaggerating. They start using hyperbole, you know, and they start saying, "Well, you know, I showed up on time." Well, no, they weren't on time; they were twenty minutes late. But it's not a big deal. It was twenty minutes. Nobody cares. But then it starts, t- then it starts growing, and pretty soon that person, that individual, starts lying about everything. There was a guy that we knew at a motorcycle dealership in Lakeland. In fact, he went to several different motorcycle dealerships because he kept lying about everything. I mean, it didn't make any difference. He lied about everything. And finally, his nickname was The Liar. I'm not joking here. We called him The Liar because he lied about everything. It was like he actually believed all of these lies. And this guy, Sharon's half-brother, did the same thing. Lied about his college education. Lied about his jobs. Lied about, because everything is being used to cover up the drug usage. Everything. So it becomes a major, major problem with some people with the lying. And they may not be doing drugs. They may just be lying. So you've got to really work, especially with young kids. If young kids start doing that, you've got to call them out on it, guys. You've got to say, hey, look, that's not okay. You know, I know you showed up 20 minutes later. I know you weren't on time. I know this isn't okay, and you can take a and you, and you could, I could pick you a thousand examples. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't allow them to get into the phase of exaggeration. Don't allow them their delusions. In other words, they'll start believing their own lies, and you can't let them do that if you're a parent. And if you've got a friend who starts doing that, you got to kind of take them aside. You got to say, "Hey, look, you know, you got to fix this mess. You got to stop this." I had a roommate in college. And he was basically a friend. And he was also a roommate. And I started catching him in lies all the time. I mean, just stupid lies. And, uh, you know, and finally I I, I took him aside and I said, hey, dude, man, you got a problem with this. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know, I I do. I know. He admitted to it. And he started working on it. And, you know, I haven't seen him since college. I don't know what happened. But the point is I hope he got past it all. But don't allow yourself to allow your children to do this or even your friends. You say, well, I don't hang out with people who do that. Well, maybe you need to take them aside and say, hey, look, here's the deal. Now, I've approached friends, too, about this, about the lie. And they'll sit there and just adamantly say, I didn't do that. That's not what I meant. I didn't lie. And then they get all defensive. Okay, I could tell you a story on that one, too. You know, with those types of people, just, just distance yourself. Just be honest with you. Just distance yourself. Because quite frankly, it's like a little tornado, right? You know, a tornado, you get a, well, let's, let's, let's use a big tornado. Let's use an F4, F5. You get this huge band in the middle going up and down into the sky, and it's got this debris field all around it with stuff flying everywhere. Well, if you get around these people who do this and they're lying about stuff, there's a really high probability you're going to get caught up in that debris field and get hurt. So it's better just to avoid them to the best of your ability because if you do that you'll let them know very very quickly that you're not going to tolerate all that I don't know why I got off on that topic today but it's really important to understand that tell the truth if you don't want to tell the truth okay because you can get in trouble over it just say I have no comment concerning that just say I have no comment and if you do that well what ends up happening is basically they look at you they go oh okay I have no comment all right then they'll respect you for that but don't stretch it by the way the Air Force is now embracing gender-neutral pronouns. An airman is now becoming an air pur, like an air-person. I, I can't Get even make this here. up. This is the British Britain's Royal Air Force is embracing gender-neutral pronouns as Z, per, and her here to become the fit for the 21st century. The 102-year-old Air Force told forces that it's actively promotes diversity and inclusion throughout its ranks in a number of ways. And hopefully this doesn't hit our armed forces, which it probably is going to. This is sad. This is all part of the Kabbalah's plan to gender neutralize everybody, to destroy God's creation. You kind of have to ask yourself: these entities, these demons that control these guys, what's their end motive? Oh, that's right. The Bible already told us, didn't it? To create a negative energy field around the planet so that every thought of every person will be evil all of the time. That's the goal. Hey, guys, have a great weekend. I love you. You guys are awesome. I'm so blessed to be part of your lives and part of your family thank you for all the great stuff you tell Sharon on st brower on Instagram it's, it's amazing that we get to talk to you guys and be part of that and guys if you want to add Sharon it's it's really important to go ahead and do that it's really important that you go ahead and tell her who you are when you want to you know where you're doing a friend request with her because if you do it that way that she'll know who you are and make it a lot easier to add more people to the Instagram account God bless you guys I appreciate you and I'll talk to you tomorrow uh, Monday bye bye
0: Yes, absolutely, and I'll be on the Hagman show tonight and we're doing the Hagman show, uh, so I was actually gonna do a coupon code and well, let everybody know this in advance right now. I know a lot of people have been trying to get prepped for what may happen in the next couple of weeks. A lot of our customers, a lot of our listeners have been trying to get stuff together. The vitamin C antioxidant is on sale as product of the week. However, the coupon code is only active on regular price products. It's HR5. You guys have probably heard it before. I mean, getting it out on the show today, um, on their show today. So you guys are the first to have it here. HR5, no spaces. And that'll be 5% off all regular price products. But one thing I am going to do, and I'll let you guys know, is I haven't sold this to anybody yet, I'm going to allow it to be active on all the food buckets, including the specials. Uh, there's a lot of people that are still trying to stock up on this. We can ship them out the same day, pretty much stuff that orders before 3 p.m., Eastern Standard Time goes out same day. We're shipping stuff out at a rapid pace right now. Nobody has been able to get the stuff out as fast as we can. We've still been getting customers and orders and people calling in from other companies saying, hey, you know, I ordered these food buckets two or three weeks ago. I still don't have them. I said, Dude, it's up to you what you want to do. I said, I can have your buckets out to you today. Or you can have them by Tuesday, Wednesday, next week ready to go. And so a lot of people have been trying to make sure they're prepped because – With the whole vaccine rollout, with this Operation Warp Speed, with everything we're seeing with Antifa and the terrorist groups like BLM that are wanting to do what they're planning on, as I've told you, after the election, even if Trump wins there's definitely about to be some serious stuff in the next couple weeks. And so to me, being self-sufficient, being prepared, and making sure I can feed my family and keep everybody healthy is pretty much one of my utmost important goals that I have on a regular basis. So again, I encourage everybody, HR5, if you want to use anything, want to buy anything this weekend on regular price products, and HR5 on any and all food buckets, including the four-pack special, which is basically buy one, excuse me, buy three, get the fourth one, 50% off along with free shipping. So that'll be active all weekend. We'll probably run until the uh, middle of next week, like Wednesday next week, just to give everybody a heads up on that. So again, thank you for the support. Continue to be getting the truth out there with what's going on right now. People are starting to wake up. A lot of people are starting to wake up, and people are realizing that this is not a game anymore. That this next phase that they're going to try to roll out is going to be significant amount of chaos again just like it was over the summer we're going to get hit with a multifaceted prong in my opinion all the way from the election crap to the riots to the covid vaccine and any other thing they want to add on the list so i like staying prepped if you guys know me personally i try to stay very active and i encourage everybody to do so keep your immune system strong god has not given you a spirit of fear but of love and of sound mind, that's a very, very true, true statement that I encourage everybody to allow resound with them. Because this whole running around, when Biden said that the other day, the, the only way to fight this virus right now is everybody has to wear a mask all the time. I've literally started laughing hysterically last night when I was watching it. I was like, this is a complete and total joke. If this is really what this clown thinks, he's going to sell America. And again, you guys know, Trump's done a lot of stuff I'm not a fan of. But one thing that I do know is that I am not going to watch Trump basically fall short to this Biden guy, just for the fact that I know what Trump's involved in, don't agree with a lot of it, don't support a lot of it. But I'm also not going to watch this babbling buffoon wear a mask everywhere. I even liked it when Trump walked down on stage last night. No mask. No mask when he left. Didn't wear a mask at all. That that tested negative. I'm not going to wear a mask. mask for people that are sick. But again... That doesn't fit the narrative. That's why they constantly try to blast him on that. Because at least for some aspects, Trump is trying to stand his ground for freedom for the most part. And I do have to encourage and stand for that as well. So, again, thank you for the support of everything you guys have continued to do. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. I'll be on the Hagman Show tonight. I have some more stuff that I'm working on right now later on for that show and be discussing other things that I also talked today. So, again, thank you. And I, again, I just, I encourage everybody, please, you know where your line in the sand is with this. Set it now. Whether whether it's a mask, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's force this, or whether it's COVID pass, I don't know. doesn't matter to me. Everybody has their own convictions. They have to stand by. But once you find that conviction, once you're set in that conviction, stand your ground on that conviction. I use that term a lot, but I mean it sincerely because I've seen a lot of people this year that have been boisterous on certain things, and all of a sudden, they've turned into a whimper now. Not even to bring it up anymore, because they don't want to deal with the blowback. Guys, I deal with so much blowback, it's unreal. <laughs> the emails, the phone calls, the hate mail I get, it's all the time. I do not care anymore getting the truth and getting this free speech out there let everybody here is the most important thing that I can physically do with that right now. So thank you for the support. Have a blessed night. Enjoy the Hagman Show. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Get some exercise in. And I'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always.